and uh, good to be uh, teaching God's Word. And uh, this morning, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I think, you know, uh, most of us understand the basic human need of hunger. And, um, I, you know, we all experience that in different ways. Uh, when I get hungry, I get uh, what uh, Snickers calls hangry, you know. And I'm not super pleasant to be around, right? Uh, you can ask my wife and uh, my kids. I, I get irritable and, uh, you know, uh, different things of that nature. I love it when my kids come to us and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I'm hungry. Like, I got to eat something. And my wife's like, here's some celery. They're like, yeah, I don't want that, right? Then, then you're not hungry, right? And the Bible teaches us about a spiritual hunger. In fact, what we're looking at this morning is what uh, – Uh, We're calling the kingdom makers and how we can be uh, the kind of people that make a difference in the the world that we live and with the lives that God has given to us. Now, kingdom makers live with a radical abandon. And in so doing, they are they are blessed. They have prosperity and they are defined as being successful. Now, the the idea here is this kingdom makers, okay, are more concerned with who God wants them to be rather than what God wants them to do. And so ultimately the Beatitudes, right, the the idea of becoming who God wants you to be, to become the kingdom maker that God wants you to be is about who you are. It's not just about what you do because who you are will actually impact what you do. Now the Beatitudes, and just to kind of give us a, a little bit of context here this morning, The Beatitudes explain a future kingdom where Christ rules and the kingdom of God. uh, And and, and, and let me back that up. The Beatitudes explain a future kingdom where Christ rules. And it explains the kingdom of God that God wants to build inside of our lives, right? And so as the people of God, God God is doing a work in you and in me, and it's an internal work. It's a work in uh, him making us into the people that he wants us to become. The kingdom of God is a radical rejection of every value or point of view that keeps people in bondage to untruth, blinded to Christ's mercy. Now, it, isn't it um, a bit uh, ironic that so many people in life find that they're searching for happiness. They're searching for prosperity. They're looking to have a life that is defined by and characterized by uh, significance or success, and yet there are so few many people that we know that are truly satisfied. There's so few many people that we know that are truly content or successful or prosperous. But in God's kingdom, kingdom makers are blessed, successful, and prosperous when the character of Christ is developed in their lives. So, In God's kingdom, success isn't defined by your possessions. It's not defined by popularity, but it's determined by success in the kingdom of God is determined by your surrender to the will of God and his work in your life. And so this morning, that's in part what we're talking about is as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is is your heart, is your life, is it surrendered to the will of God for your life? Is, is surrendering to God's work in you uh, a priority for you? Now, for those of us who follow Christ, our lifestyle choices to the world at times appear to be a bit absurd. In fact, they appear often to be somewhat awkward 
to those who do not know Jesus Christ as their, their, their Savior. And yet we have this affection for the kingdom that supersedes the pull to settle for less in our lives. And ultimately, as we consider the Beatitudes this morning, what we're doing is, is we're, we're pursuing more and we're not settling for less. And the world says, no, 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 no. If you really want to be happy, you need to have this, or you need to be this, or you need to accomplish this, or you need to own this, or you need to have this much money in your bank account, or you need to live in this zip code, or, or you need to hang around these people. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Listen, if you want to be prosperous, I mean, if you really, really want to be prosperous, if you truly want to be successful in life, then your life will be surrendered to me. Your, your life will be characterized as one who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, the point of the message this morning is this, and we looked, Ben read our passage this morning, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The big idea is this, is that your hunger, your hunger can be the pathway to burden, or it can be the pathway to blessing. And ultimately, we get to choose that. You see, hunger reveals our, our need. We all hunger from time to time. We hunger spiritually. We hunger physically. It reveals by God's design a desire to be fulfilled. Now, listen, we've already mentioned this, and I said it a couple weeks ago, that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, that the Bible says that, that God has written eternity on our hearts, meaning, okay, that we were created for something more, something significant, something that transcends Anything that we can accomplish in this life, something that transcends any, 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 uh, any accomplishment that we might achieve in the life that we're living, because we were made for the eternal. We were made to live out these kingdom principles in our lives, becoming the people that God wants us to become. And so sometimes I find myself searching for satisfaction. And we're not talking physically, but we're talking spiritually. Sometimes I find myself searching for satisfaction. Sometimes I find myself searching for success. Like, what really is successful? Like, how would I know that I'm successful in this life? How would I know that the life that I live is actually significant? Have I accomplished what I really set out to accomplish in life? I know sometimes I struggle with that. I struggle with this idea of prosperity. You know, how much is enough? money to make in order for me to be comfortable, for me to feel like I've made it or that I've arrived. Maybe you've, maybe you struggle with that a little bit. Maybe this morning you, you struggle with, with popularity and you're just thinking, man, if I just could be friends with this group of people, or if this person would notice me, or if this person would acknowledge me, man, I, I feel like I'd be pretty successful if that were true in my life. And on and on we can go because we all tend to struggle, struggle with these, these different uh, ideologies that find their way into our heart. And so I find myself struggling with that. I, I find that, I, I, that the pursuits and the goals that I have for my life often, and maybe you find yourself here too, that often the goals and the pursuits of my life leave me wanting for more. Sometimes I find myself and I, I actually reach a goal. I reach a place financially or I, I get in with the right crowd or, 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 or maybe I, I achieve some level of success in ministry or my job or my vocation or, 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 or hey, my kids didn't like you know, go crazy this week. And I'm like, man, I'm an awesome parent, right? And so I find it, and then, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what's next? And what am I supposed to do now? And so I find myself wanting more. Now, 
I imagine that you've had moments of reflection where, where you've been asking yourself personally if there's more to life than the hamster wheel of monotony. You know what I mean? Maybe you thought in a moment of reflection when you're all alone and we don't always have those moments because we've usually got the radio on or the TV's on or someone's in the car or we just, we're not necessarily characterized as a people of solitude, but sometimes in our moments alone when no one's talking and no music is on and our phone's not dinging at us, we reflect and we wonder in our hearts, hey, you know, is there more to life than this hamster wheel of monotony? of me getting up every day and going to work from 8 to 5 or 8 to whatever, or some of you get up way earlier than that, whatever your schedule is. Is there more, is there more to life? Is there more to life than this? What is my life supposed to be about? I want to ask you this morning, have you ever found yourself struggling with your purpose? Have you ever really found yourself struggling with, hey, man, what, what did God create me for? Why am I here? Why am I... Why am I um, uh, supposed to be alive? And, and what is the significance in God's plan for my life so that others might know Christ as their Savior? You ever found yourself struggling with your purpose? Have you ever found yourself struggling with peace? Just being at peace with your life? Being at peace with who you are? Being at peace with where God has placed you? Being at peace with uh, uh, the, the, the plan that God has for your life? Do you, do you find yourself struggling with that peace? And then I wonder, too, do you find yourself struggling with pleasure? Do you realize this morning the Bible says in this verse, I mean, multiple times, if you look from chapter uh, verse number 3 all the way down to verse number 11, and then verse 12, he uses the word rejoice. He says, blessed, 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 rejoice. Right? Now that indicates to me that God's people, those of us who follow Jesus, and those of us who are the kingdom makers, ought to be the most happy people on the planet. Right? I'm going to say it again. We should be the most happy people on the planet. You think it's 80 degrees outside. Right? God's people should be defined by and characterized by pleasure, by happiness, by joy, by prosperity. And yet so few of us are. In fact, I believe this morning that there are many of us who are hungry and not happy. I really believe that there's so many of us today that are, that are hungry. We're hungry. We want more out of life. We want more out of our marriage. We want, we want more out of our job. We want, we want more out of our finances. We want more out of our vacations. We, we, just, we just want more. We have this insatiable desire to be more and to do more and to want more. And, and many of us know several people who truly struggle with their own personal joy and their purpose in this life. And they go from one thing to the next. There's just one thing. For some people, it's like, man, this job isn't cutting for me. I'm going to go find another job. Or, hey, this relationship or this marriage, it's not working for me. And so I'm going to go find another one. And, and on and on we could go with the, the illustrations this morning. But so often we know people. And we might be that person that, that goes from one thing to the next, trying to fill the God-sized void that's in our soul. And that's why God's more concerned with who you are than what you do. Now, we're, we're created by God for something more, his kingdom. And Jesus affirmed this truth when he said, blessed are they that, that hunger and thirst. God says, look, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst. But he goes on and he talks about his righteousness. You see, kingdom makers seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the, 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 the idea here is it's, it's not an afterthought. It's not a second thought. But seeking the kingdom of God and seeking to become the person that God wants you to be is not the second thought or the afterthought. It's the main thought. It's the priority. It's the pursuit of our heart and our life. That's what it means to hunger and thirst. And I don't know, like, I don't know that many of us really know what it means to be hungry. I just don't know. Um, I'm going to sell my wife out here for a minute, but last summer when we were on our sabbatical, we were flying, I think, from Vegas to uh, Florida. And, and I look over, and she's watching this tele- television show. And it's this show where they drop people in the middle of nowhere no clothes on, nothing, and they got to find berries and food and all this stuff. I look over, like, girl, what are you watching? And then I look close, and I was like, okay, it's fuzzied out, so you can't see anything, right? And they drop these people out there for 20 days, and they got to figure out what to do and how to find sustenance. On, yeah, you could talk to her about that after church today, amen? But they have to find out, like, hey, how am I going to make it? I, I mean, we truly don't know what it means to be hungry. We truly don't know what it means to suffer from poverty. In Jesus' day, when he said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they knew what it meant to be hungry. They knew what it meant to not know where your next meal was going to come from. Most of us know that if we need something to eat, we can roll into a McDonald's and we can find a Big Mac, and now they got bacon cheese fries. Can I get a witness uh, in the drive-thru? I mean, you throw bacon on anything and you got a winner. Most of us, Most of us don't know what it means to be hungry. And Jesus says, look, if you'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. And the problem is, is that many of us, we're hungry, but we're not happy. We're looking around and we're scurrying around trying to find this and that. And and, and maybe this will make me happy. And maybe this will make me be fulfilled in life. Maybe I'll find significance in this. And all of it, all of it is, uh, is causing us to be wanting for more. And Jesus says, look, no, 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 man. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, to some degree, this appears to be upside down, especially when you see so many people pursuing life without God. I mean, you see so many people doing that. They're building their lives, as Jesus said, on the sand. They're building their lives and their hopes and their dreams on something that will one day completely fade away. They're building their lives on something that one day will no longer be. And Jesus says, no, build your life on me. Build it on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's tempting, man. It is. And if we're not careful, we tend to pursue and even as followers of Christ, be defined by temporal rather than the eternal. I'm, I'm that way. I don't, I don't know if you are, but, but man, I get, I get a lot of sorts. And, and, that, and that's, in many ways, the, the source of my anxiety at times is because I'm afraid I might lose this, or I'm afraid that this might not happen for me, or, or, or I'm afraid that I might not achieve this. And, and all of these, these fears and all these anxieties find their way into my heart because I want my life to be defined by what is temporal rather than what is eternal and lasting and that which never changes. Kingdom makers recognize the value of God's will. Do you realize this morning that every single desire that you have was intended to be met by Jesus Christ? Everything. Everything in your life that you desire was intended to be met by Jesus Christ. And until you recognize that Jesus is everything, 
until you recognize that, you recognize that he is everything you will ever need, you will always be hungry. I read this quote this week. It says, you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You don't, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You see, if you live long enough, you come to understand that there isn't anything in this world that, that it can offer that satisfies the emptiness and the purpose of our lives like Jesus Christ. If you live long enough, you come to recognize that because you've pursued money or you've pursued marriage and you've pursued having kids and you've pursued this job and you've pursued this purpose and maybe you've ran a marathon and maybe you've done this and you've climbed the heights of Mount Everest and, and on and on we could go. But listen, you come to a point in your life and you realize it's all empty. All, is it, all it does is causes a thirst and a hunger for something more grand, something more transcendent, something more significant because we were designed for more. John uh, C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, he says this. He says, we're, ha- we're half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. I think it speaks for itself. Jesus is like, man, I got a cruise with a buffet waiting for you. But if you want to keep on making mud plies in the slum, be my guest. So many of us are happy. or We're hungry but not happy. So what we need to do is we need to subtract the substitutes. We need to subtract the substitutes. Those, those of us who are hungry, the kingdom makers, we take steps to get rid of any false illusion of being satisfied by anything other than Jesus Christ. That's what we do. We get rid of anything and everything, anything and everything that, that gives us the illusion of being satisfied by anything other than Jesus. It's, it, it, it's, it's difficult to truly be satisfied with Jesus, listen, when there isn't room for him in our life because we've allowed lesser things into our life. I love to eat, man. I love, I love, love, love to eat. And in fact, I'm so thankful when we get to heaven, they're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb, Right? And I just imagine the cool thing about the marriage supper of the Lamb is it will be a a zero-calorie meal. I'm just saying. You know, that's part of the sin, you know, uh, sin nature, you know. We're going to be able to eat calorie-free, amen. I believe they're going to serve Southern-style barbecue in heaven. I just grew up in the South, and they're going to get the brisket just right, all right? If I just went and I had a snack, had a, a Twix bar and, and maybe, a, 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 you know, um, a little Debbie cake and, and a glass of milk, and then my wife says, hey, do you want to eat this meal that I prepared for you? I'm not going to be as hungry for that meal that she just made if I filled myself up with dessert cakes. I'm just not. In fact, John Piper in his book, A Hunger for God, says it this way. He says, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, It's not because you've drunk deeply and you are satisfied. It's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. God did not create you for this. My wife could offer me the best prepared ribeye dinner with a baked potato and and, and like one of those at Outback with the the garlic salt on the outside and the butter and, and, and she could have that thing ready to go. But if I just came in, you know, from McDonald's with a Big Mac, I'm not going to hunger for that like I would if I were truly hungry. Because I've been nibbling on other things. 
And you know, spiritually, we do the same thing. We got social media. We got Netflix. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got our jobs. We've got uh, our friendships. We've got our hobbies. And, and we've got all these things in our life that cry out the one thing that truly satisfies us in our purpose. Now, when I was younger, I could eat more and I didn't gain as much. We used to go to this little place um, over in Park Forest. Billy, Billy knows what I'm talking about. There's a Chinese buffet on Route 30. And our staff used to go there once a week, and we would eat. And, I mean, I would just cram. I mean, just cram the food in, right? And, I mean, if you've ever been to a Chinese buffet, you know, like, you go there and you eat and eat and eat, and you stuff yourself, and, like, 30 minutes later, you're hungry. Like, right? It's such a jip. <laughs> now, on the other hand, from time to time, when I feel like my eating's getting out of control, I try to eat clean. What that means is I try to eat food that's natural. Um, not necessarily organic, but I mean, because I don't really, you know, who knows if it's really organic, right? I'm just saying, right? But I try to do that. My wife purchases this bread called Ezekiel bread. How many of you ever heard of Ezekiel bread, right? Apparently, it's bread from, like, Bible times, right? And it tastes like it's from Bible times. Like, they've, like they've saved it since Daniel and Ezekiel were around. I mean, you have to go to Mariano's and they have to freeze it because if you set it out, it spoils so quickly. Now, sometimes my wife gets me that bread because it's free. Because bread, I didn't know this, but bread has sugar in it. That's why everything, sugar's like the white devil, man. You know? And so it's in everything. And so she'll buy me this bread. It's got no preservatives in it because it won't last, you know? You got to eat it. You pull it out, I got to eat it right now. You know, it's going to go bad, you know? So she gives me this bread, and she'll make sandwiches. Now, listen, it's, cra- it's the craziest thing. When she makes me a sandwich from that bread, I, I don't get hungry for hours. I mean, I, I could probably go for weeks on a, on a slice of Ezekiel bread because it's so nutritious and it's so healthy. And, I, and I'm joking this morning to some degree because it's like going to the Chinese buffet when we sit down at the table of the world and we nibble at all the things that this world has to offer. And Proverbs says the appetite of man is never fulfilled. And so we can sit down and we can eat the fake stuff or we can go to the table where it's nutritious and it's real and it's good and it satisfies the deepest places of our soul. I mean, if you really want to be happy, successful, prosperous, fulfilled in this life, you've got to Remove the substitutes from your life. I want you to consider what might be weakening your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Because in Him is where we find our source of satisfaction. In Him is where we find our source of satisfaction. Jesus says in this passage of Scripture, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs, for they shall be filled. Jesus taught His disciples that their hunger would be satisfied in their hunger and thirst for His righteousness. Now what's fascinating is this beatitude is dripping with hope for the soul that is lost and seeking that type of hope. It, maybe you're, you've tried, maybe, maybe this morning, maybe you have tried everything. You've tried marriage. You've tried your job. You've tried friends. You've tried, you've tried hobbies and, and on and on. The list is just, it's inexhaustible. You've tried all these things in your life. To, to, to find fulfillment and significance and, and some, some level of, of, of purpose. And yet you're like, man, why am I doing all this stuff? 
It's not really for me. It's not really bringing me joy. I'm not even happy. It's because Jesus is the source of our satisfaction. We find in Jesus a place of righteousness. We find in Jesus a place of righteousness. Christ and the cross of Calvary. You may be here this morning and you're lost. I mean, you are are lost in life. Maybe you're here this morning. You don't even know why you came in. Maybe someone brought you in this morning. I don't know. But, but nothing you seem to pursue and nothing that you seem to accomplish or, 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 or anything feels fulfilling or satisfying. You've gone to church, and even that doesn't seem to do the trick. And yet I want you to understand this morning, Jesus is offering an invitation for you to follow him in a relationship, not a religion. Friends, that's the gospel. You see, God is offering something to you this morning that he's already purchased with his own blood when he sacrificed his life on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. And this morning, he's extending an invitation of love and of hope and of grace for you to find fulfillment, to find satisfaction, to find joy and peace in this life and the life to come. I want you to know if you're our guest today that Jackson Creek, we're a place for sinners. If you're a sinner... You're welcome here. I'm going to try that again. Because all you jokers out there, you're sinners. But if you're a sinner, you're welcome here. That's what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're welcome here. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter if you're black or white, rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, married, single, or divorced. We believe that Jesus came for all of us and his righteousness can make all things new in our lives no matter how broken that we are. This is a place for sinners. This is a place for us to find hope. And we find that hope in the source that is Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. But as kingdom makers, we also, we see the place of righteousness, but we pursue righteousness. Disciples pursue the character of Jesus Christ. You see, we believe that that, that who we are is more important than what we do. We just believe that. And I, I hope that that's, I hope that's finding its way into your soul today. I hope it finds your way into your soul during this series that who you are is way, way, way more important than what you do. You recognize that if if you're ever going to be blessed, it will be to the degree that you humbly pursue the life and heart of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you want to be blessed, if if you want to experience joy and peace and prosperity and purpose and significance in this life, it will be only as you humbly pursue the life and character of Jesus Christ in your life. It's not about what you wear. It's not about how many times a week you go to church. It's not about all the religious activity that you can do. It's about the person that you're becoming. You see, the goal of our church is, listen, to bring people in, lift them up, and send them back out so that you could be the church out there. Our goal is so that you'd be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that, that's in need of hope, that's a world that's in need of transformation. That's, 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 that we live in a world that needs a good word. And the good word is validated by those of us who are living out the life and character of Jesus Christ. And so we pursue his righteousness. We relentlessly pursue the righteousness of God. There's this reckless abandon for anything that weakens the pursuit of God's will in your life. I'm not going to get up here today and give you a list of sins and say you can't do this and you can't do that and you shouldn't be involved in this and you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't watch Netflix or Hulu or or be on social media. Here's what I'm going to ask you this morning. What in your life right now, what in your life right now is weakening your pursuit of the righteousness of Jesus Christ? 
Because it might not be the same thing for me. But right now, what one thing in your life is weakening your pursuit of the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Well, what is it right now that you're nibbling on before you even get to the table to hunger and thirst after the righteousness that's found in Jesus Christ? What is it that's, 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 that's jamming Christ out of your life? This means that we are pursuing who Jesus wants us to be. It means that, that in loving and being like Jesus, that we spread his love and righteousness to our ball leagues, to our families, our jobs, and to the broken places. Young people never settle for what the world is offering, but they pursue Jesus with reckless abandon. You only get one life. I hope our students hear that today. There's a big hashtag going on right now, YOLO. Right? Who knows what that is? Amen. YOLO, what's it mean? You only live once. And usually you find people, hashtag YOLO, and they got Miller Lite in their hand. Like, that's your best life? I'll tell you what your best life would be, being a foster parent. I'll tell you what your best life would be, telling your neighbor about Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what your, your best life would be, is coming to the food pantry and giving, to, giving food to those who are really hungry physically so that we can point them to the one who can fill them spiritually. I'm going to tell you, man, like, I'm so thankful for the people in my life that have invested in me. I think as a young person, my teachers and my, 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 my Christian school teachers and my youth pastor, they had no idea what God was going to do in my life, but they were faithful. And they lived their life with reckless abandon. They could have been doing a thousand other things, and yet they committed to teaching faithfully the Word of God. My life was primarily influenced by lay people in the church who cared enough about a young person to point him to Jesus Christ, who would one day end up going into the ministry. That's recognizing you only live once. You only live once. So I want to encourage you. Let your hunger for more lead you to a place of fulfillment, not forfeiture. Many of you will forfeit God's best in your life. Many of you will forfeit God's blessing in your life simply because you'll settle for less. And then we see the purpose of righteousness so that everyone will be blessed by the gospel. Kingdom makers are so gripped by the gospel and the life of Jesus that they're motivated to see others experience the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you this morning, is that your heart? You know, we talk about you only live once. And if, and if, if eternity is forever, and eternity is transcendent, listen, if that's true, then by faith, We can live our lives and leverage all that we are and all that we have to make sure others are blessed by the life that Christ has given to us. So I want to ask you, will you be the hands and feet of Jesus? I want to ask you this morning, will you be the church out there, not just the church in here? That's the reason that churches, primarily one of the reasons that most churches never grow is because they just think that church is a time where we gather on Sunday morning. No, man, we got to be a church on the move. Do you realize this week, there are going to be some people God puts into your life. There's going to be some people that God puts into your life this week that need this kind of blessing. There's going to be some people in your life that are pretty broken, that are pretty messed up, and they've lost all hope in the world, and their only hope is Jesus Christ. And it's going to take some folks that realize, you know what, I only live once. And I'm not going to live for the 9 to 5. And I'm not going to live for uh, the weekend. A lot of people live for the weekend. Others say, hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I'm just waiting till 5. And that's their motto in life. 
I'm not, I'm not busting on Jimmy Buffett today. I'm just saying that's, that's their life. That's all they care about. And yet, those of us who have been blessed by the gospel, who have been transformed by the goodness of Jesus Christ, we live in a world that is broken and undone and lost in their unrighteousness, and we can point them to the righteousness so that they can build their life on the rock that never fades. Your family, your church, your community needs someone who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Your family needs a kingdom maker. Moms, you might be sitting here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, I got three, four kids at home. And this is all I can do to make sure my kids don't take their diaper and throw it against the wall. I'm just thankful my kids got clothes on today. They've been running around naked for three days. Like, Mom, I get that. But I want to tell you, you're a little kingdom maker in your home. And you're raising those little boys and those little girls to know and love and follow Jesus. And I can't imagine anything more significant than raising a child uh, for the next generation that could have an impact on this world and the world to come. I think of the dads out there today that go to work every single day and they ride the train into the city and they ride the train out back out of the city. And they, they're grinding it out. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to put some workers and some, some co-workers in your life this week and they're going to bring a burden to you. And they're going to be lost. And they're going to be without hope. And their marriage is going to be falling apart. And listen, you're, the, the people that you work with and the people that work for you, they need this. They need you to be blessed in your pursuit of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They need that. This church needs that. You see, the more you pursue Jesus, the more satisfied you become. I read yesterday in Proverbs chapter 11, whoever is steadfast in righteousness, listen to this, will live. But he who pursues evil will die. It's absurd. I mean, I think it's somewhat absurd to give up what you desire to only find greater delight in Jesus Christ. Isn't that absurd? Because you think that you know what you need, and Jesus says, no, I know what you need. I created you for more. And if you'll exchange what you want for what I want, you'll never go without. It's absurd to think that. But that's the inversion of of the Beatitudes. That's the the inversion of the kingdom of God. So the next time you sense a longing and a hungering and an unsatisfied feeling in your souls, ask yourselves the question, what have I substituted for the righteousness of Jesus Christ? The next time you feel this longing and the sense of unfulfillment in your soul, ask yourself, what have I substituted for the righteousness of Jesus Christ? For some of you this morning, you've substituted religion. For some of you, you're irreligious and you just don't even really care about God or the church or the Bible or anything that has to do with God. And, and your life is broken and your life is, is wanting and you know that there's more to life but you just can't figure it out. And I'm going to tell you, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And this morning, if you'll surrender your will to his plan and his design for your life and you'll repent of your sins, hey, listen, everything that is broken in your life, he'll make new. If you'll repent and turn from your way of living to live for him. And for those of us who know and love and follow Jesus Christ, hey, you should be the most blessed, happy, and prosperous people on the planet to bless others. And the only way to do that is if we'll hunger and thirst after his righteousness. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you this morning, how many of you know for certain that that heaven is your home and you would recognize this morning that, you know, if I were to die today, I've been forgiven of my sins. Um, 
I know that heaven is my home, and I know that I'm right with God. Would you lift your hand and just give testimony of that today? I know for certain. That's my story. Amen. How many of you this morning say, you know, Pastor Jay, I'm not certain that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't know that I've been forgiven of my sins. I don't know that I'm right with God. And I surely don't know that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. Would you lift your hand and just let me pray for you this morning? No one's looking around. Just me this morning. Lift your hand and let me pray for you. Amen. Amen. How many of you say to me today, hey, Pastor Jason, there's a sense of unfulfillment in my life. And I believe that maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting me today, showing me that I've substituted some things in my life for the righteousness of Christ, for the pursuit of His kingdom. And I want to change that this morning. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you this morning? Amen. Hands all over the room. Let's all stand to our feet. Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning that you'd fill us with your righteousness, that you'd fill us with your purpose, that you'd fill us, Lord, with your your significance and and a desire, Lord, to, to pursue you, to know you, to become the people, God, that you want us to become. God, I thank you so much, Lord, that um, you have come to this earth to provide salvation for us. God, I'm so thankful, Lord, that that we can know for certain that heaven is our home, that we can be forgiven of our sins, and that that, that you love us and that we're accepted because of your work on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. So, Lord, I pray this morning that as a people, as a church, that we'd recognize that there's going to be others that are out there that don't know Christ as their Savior. There are going to be others out there that are without hope. There are going to be others out there who, where their lives are really messed up and they need the righteousness that's offered through Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we would begin to shift our thinking, not about what we want, what we want to accomplish, but that we would truly seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so all these things can be added unto you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.